0: Boy, you're right on
1: time. How are you? I am better than excellent, sir. How about yourself? Excellent.
0: Excellent. <laughs> well, let's see. You beat yourself by 30 seconds. Very good.
1: Hey, <laughs> man, I try to be on time. It's good to give you word and to keep it. <laughs> Excellent. Yes, Excellent. sir. And How are you
0: making out with the labels? How's m- everything with the
1: labels? Man, let me tell you this. We had a big old shindig at the house, and I was helping to prepare the food because as I learned new things, um, I like right. to use new things. And um, I got to label all of our spices And I haven't gotten around to the clothes as of yet because that's going to take a whole day. But, um, man, I got all the spices labeled. They're working great. So on top of learning how to to cook, (laughs) I get to access um, the uh, spices used to cook with. So I'm good.
0: That's terrific. So what did your wife think of that And you were able to just pick up the right spice?
1: Man, um well she was busy cutting up um, onions and, and green peppers so she said it was great and gave me a task to help her label all of her shoes so um
0: thank- Oh, that's that's great.
1: No it's so you're <laughs> <the shoe laughs> No, she has literally over 150 pairs of shoes. That's a job that I will not get paid for, Ron, so thank you.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you're welcome. You're yeah, welcome.
2: No, that's but
1: she's terrific. visually impaired, it'll definitely so- help her so I'm excited.
0: Now, the trick is to make sure you put the labels on the same spot on every box.
1: Every box, so yeah. You
0: know, so you'll know where to, where to grab it.
1: Mm-hmm. Whether
0: it be on the end of the box or the lid. Yep. Probably on the end of the box.
1: Yep. Because yep. the lid
0: can get switched. But if you put it on the end of the box in one, in one spot, Mm-hmm. you'll always be able to find it terrific yeah that's we, great
1: we, we right, thought of that coming had... up
0: with terrific ideas i like
1: that yeah <laughs> man it's it's definitely exciting so what i did i stuck a label on um my sofa in the in the uh, studios has one of those um kind of cup holders in the middle and i stuck a label on there for demonstration purposes so people are are terrific. loving it yeah so super great
0: terrific so now let me let me ask you
1: where does this uh, blog go oh man it's all over the world like right now this is live um on facebook as i recorded in logic to send over to our production people to turn it into an actual produced podcast but um as of right now we're live with over three thousand people potentially able to watch so There you go.
0: Fantastic. I love it. Okay. Well, I'm ready to answer any questions and tell you what's
1: going on. All right. Well, let's start with um, introducing you. So, this is uh, Vashon Jones, visionary of Fedora Ally LLC. And as promised, this is uh, part two of the interview with Mr. Ron Klein. And for those of you all who don't know him, he is the. Ron, what did you say you're you're the uncle of inventions? I'm the.
2: <laughs> I'm
0: the grandfather of
1: possibilities. the grandfather of possibility. So cool. Um, and Ron is an inventor and, um, a husband, and we're going to jump into the life and time of Ron Klein. So Ron, let's go back a bit and tell us when did you first become, um, excited about creation and invention?
0: Well, I was you know, I, I was born in nineteen thirty five, so it was right after the depression. Okay. And um we you know, we didn't have much money. My dad was a mailman and my mom was a worked in a department store and it was war years, you know, it was the second world war that had just broken out and I had to take care of myself and make my own toys and all I had to play with was a, a roll of masking tape and the cardboard that was in my shirt, my dad's shirts. So I would make everything. I'd make my own toys out of cardboard and and masking tape. And I, I just loved it. I, I did everything. And um, I had a pretty famous grandfather. My uh, my uh, mother's dad. He was a pretty good inventor himself, and he was my mentor. He invented the uh, first steam boiler process for steamships for the propulsion of Mm steamships. And then during the first world war, he invented the torpedo detectors for submarines. And then he invented the first pressing machines for tailors. And he was a diamond cutter. And then back in the early 40s or mid 40s, he invented the rabbit ears for television. When television first came out, they needed rabbit ear antennas that would hook up. So... I kind of followed him. He even taught me how to sew on a sewing machine and all that good stuff. And then, and so I was always very kind of inventive and interested in what, what made the world go round. And when I was 18 years old, the Korean War was on, and I was drafted and went over into the, in the Korea, and I spent my time there as a, 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 a war vet. Came back, and fortunately I had the GI Bill, and mm-hmm. I was able to go to school, and um, I trained for to be an electronic engineer and a mathematician. And, but I always had a good feel for you know, people skills. You know, if, if somebody had a problem, I would like to simplify the problem and turn it into a challenge and solve the challenge. So I became the chief engineer where I worked, just solving problems. And then before long, I, I started my own company because I was known as a problem solver and my first big invention was I invented the magnetic strip on the back of the credit card. And that was probably one of the easiest challenges I ever had because I identified the problem years ago. That was in the early 1960s when people would come in to make a charge purchase. The credit card was just a piece of plastic with the embossed name on it and uh, and their credit card number. And then the merchant would have to look at that card, and they'd be they would be, they'd be given a, a big, long book every month of all the negative account numbers, and the merchant would have to look up all the numbers. every in chronological order. All the numbers to see if your number was in there, and if it wasn't in there, you were good to go. So that was really a slow process, and I figured, you know what? I could speed that process up. If I would just take that piece of plastic, and right around that time, Real to real tape recorders came out, and I said, if I could take a little piece of the tape, because I knew how tape recorders work, if I could take a little piece of that tape and paste it on the back of the credit card and then store the account number on that little piece of tape and then made you the motor, you know, you would swipe it. So you, you replaced the motor, and I built a little device that mimicked the tape recorder, mm-hmm. and if you would push the card in slow and pull it out fast or swipe it, that that was the invention of the magnetic strip on the credit card, and we put all those negative account numbers into a memory system, and that was it. That was the first invention. And then, because be, I was known as a problem solver and I had a feel for what people needed, providing benefits, and I had the technical talent, then I started working on the uh, multiple listing service for real estate, so I developed MLS for real estate, and then right around that time in the in the uh, 60s, late 60s, Touchstone Phones came out and I uh, developed the voice response for the banking industry where you would key in account numbers
2: mm-hmm. and
0: it would come back in your voice for your for your uh, account system, whatever your, your banking information was.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then it just went on and on and on and I, I got involved with many, many projects and finally ended up at the New York Stock Exchange giving <laughs> them special teletypes that I had purchased from Western Union. Mm-hmm. And while I was there, I discovered all kinds of things to help automate the New York Stock Exchange. And in the mid-80s, ended up uh, developing the on-quotation system for all of Wall Street. So that's just a couple things I did.
1: <laughs> I just mentioned mention a little uh. <laughs>
0: I'm not empty yet, so what I did, uh, I, I failed at retirement three times. Okay. I tried it, but it didn't work. You know, I had a public company, sold that, and I was only 34 years old. That lasted about three weeks, and I went back to work, started another company, and it just Mm -hmm. went on and on. And as I got older and I moved to Florida, I said, I've really got to, I'm not empty yet, and I really have to do things that provide great benefits for people. You know, I didn't classify myself as an an inventor that would put my head in a think tank all day and say, what am I going to invent today? Mm -hmm. If I saw a challenge and I could provide a benefit to solve that challenge, that's what I would do. And then, that's how the Envision E-Line product came up a couple of years ago. Gotcha. I have a real close friend who is totally blinded at age 13, and I was sitting down having breakfast with him one day, and I said, Jim, what what would you really like? What's on your fit wish list? And he said, you know, we can do all kinds of fancy things, they can send people to the moon, and there's all kinds of great things for the visually impaired to help them along, but, I would like something really simple, something that's economical, that could really help us improve the quality of life on a daily basis. And I said, let me go home and think about that. And I discovered QR codes, that's these little little postage type, stamp kind of little, little codes, it's a two-dimensional code, and mm-hmm. I figured, geez, if I do something special with that QR code, and then write an app that people could download free, and that the telephone would be a device that's, that could scan that little code. I could take that little code make it into an adhesive tag, paste it on anything. Um, spices, clothing
2: <laughs> hangers, shoes. Uh, a box somebody's going to move and or uh,
0: they want to know what's in the box. So paste that on anything you want to identify. CDs, books. And then take this little phone, download the free app that I wrote, and then just scan the the label and then say what that label is every time you scan that label again it tells you what it is and it would be a real simple device the app is free every visually impaired person and everybody carries around their electronic leash their little smartphone whether it be a, an iPhone or an Android and I figure that would be free and I think I can make those little labels and put them in a pack of a hundred and I could sell them really economically for $20 because, it, you know, it cost me almost half of that just to manufacture it and ship mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. And it would be feasible that a blind person could really take care, you know, it would increase and improve their, their life, the quality of their life because they'd have something that's economically feasible. The app, they would once they would download the app, they wouldn't even have to go on the internet again. It would be resonant in their phone. They could go to the supermarket, take something off the shelf, identify it, put the label on it, and tell them what that label is. I mean, it would be really something very simple. And tell me, what visually impaired person wouldn't invest $20 for reusable 100 labels just to make it easy for themselves? So these are the kind of things I do. And... I, I better give you a chance to speak
1: now a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. And so I'm just listening because I learned more about the things that you invented outside of the uh, point-of-sale system, which actually you didn't even mention, and, of course, the credit card strip. But let me ask you this. How does it feel to create something that literally the world is using, and not just once or twice or three times, multiple times, and you just – the world is using your product. I mean, how does that feel?
0: Well, you know, at the time when the challenge came to me, it was a large department, a director of a large department store came to me and, and told me what the problem is. Mm-hmm. And I classified myself as a problem solver. Then I turned the problems into a challenge and just solved that challenge so that it provides a benefit. Mm-hmm. And he said, charge purchases in the early 60s, this was 1966, he said, it takes so long. You know, the guy has to write up a sales slip and then put it in that little machine that you rub across and, you know, just emboss the card. And then he had, would, would have to check it in this big book that we give him every month. And I said, well, what you want to do
2: Facebook, is Facebook, I, new notifications.
0: I said, the problem is what's the given and what's the solution you're looking for? Mm-hmm. The given was you have to speed the thing up And the solution that we're looking for is to take the burden off the merchant. So the first thing I really did was the point of sale where I said, okay, let's just take all those credit card numbers that were negative and put it into a memory system and then give them a little keypad, the merchant a little keypad to key in. So that was a simple solution. And I figured just solve the problem. And that's when I figured I just want to solve the problem and speed things up, because at holiday time, it was really very slow. And then I thought a little bit more, because right around that time, reel-to-reel tape recorders came out, and I, I didn't knew how that worked. You know, you could record music, you could record voice, and it had a couple of motors that would move the tape. And I figured, geez, I could put some smarts in that little piece of plastic. And the reason it lasted so long is because the magnetic strip doesn't require any energy. And if it doesn't require energy, it doesn't radiate. So in this world of obsolescence, that thing has been around since 1966. And actually, I got the patent in 1969. And it survived this long because there was never fraudulence at, at the point of sale. It would happen at the man in the middle or back at the server. So that was a real simple invention. And I, at the time, I figured this could really help people, but I didn't realize it was going to affect billions and billions of people. So it, it made me feel good that I, I was able to speed things up and make it accurate where the mer- the burden wasn't on the merchant to check the credit. The burden was on the plastic piece of plastic card that had the account number stored on it. So I, I never really thought about how many billions of people it was going to help. <laughs> I just thought about It solved the problem, and it could help the client that came to me. said, can you speed things up? Same thing with MLS, multiple listing. I I just, you know, I wanted to satisfy people that if somebody wanted to move from one location to another, when he got to that location, wouldn't it be nice if the realtor knew what that person wanted? And that that came about when I developed all that stuff. So I, I never really looked at myself as a, You know, um, a very special person, I just looked at myself as, hey, I solve problems. And uh, somebody asked me, said, you know, Ron, can you explain what is it that you do? And I said, well, I teach people how to simplify and understand what they already know. (laughs) So maybe that's (laughs) the way it works. So, uh, you know, I I say that in order to be successful in this world, you got to be smart, daring, and different. And smart, I don't mean a PhD from Harvard. I mean, be aware, learn something new every day, pay attention to what's going on around you, and to be daring, don't be afraid to make mistakes. If you painted the wrong color the first time, paint it a different color. And then the last thing is, don't try and sell ideas, sell benefits. So you gotta be smart, daring and different, and provide benefits. That's my philosophy. I told you the whole story.
1: That was quick. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but here's the thing. With inventing so much and seeing so much in your lifetime, you say you were born in 1935?
0: 1935.
1: 35. So what's an invention that you've seen that you said, I wish I would have thought of that?
0: Um, you know, I never really looked at it like that because the situation is I don't worry about, you know, what can I invent just for my own glory? It was, what can I do to help people and solve their problem? So I never really c- concerned with myself as to, geez, I wish I had invented that. It's just everything that ever came across my desk, I solved the problem. And, and that's the way I look at things. I'm just an ordinary guy with doing ordinary things and, and um, coming up with a solution. You know, I say there's a gift behind every challenge. Well, I don't believe the word I don't believe in the word problem. Hmm. I say turn problems are frustration. So I say turn the problem. And, hmm. and if you simplify the challenge, there's a gift behind every challenge. And, and that's the way I look at things. So just you know, provide a benefit. Absolutely. So, Any other hard questions?
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. So, what's um, an invention that's exciting you um, right now, as far as the future of maybe technology or the way things are going? What's the industry that's really taking over and um, and bringing something new that we've never seen that's exciting you?
0: Well, the one thing that I'm concerned with is there's a little bit too much technology today only because the world is so dependent on technology. I mean, when I was born, I saw no automation at all. I mean, there, there wasn't even jet airplanes, there was no television, <laughs> nothing like that. And I, I just think that people are just too dependent on electronics and not capable of self-serving in many ways. Um, But it's gonna, you know, there's virtual reality and and, and virtual intelligence that's just gonna take over because there's so much happening. I I see that PCs, laptop computers, and desktop computers are gonna be something of the past within the next five years. It's Mm -hmm. gonna be mobile technology totally. If it's not mobile and it's not an app, it, it really won't have any function. I'm not really happy about that, but that's evolution. As far as what's ha- making me very happy now is to be able to make the life of the visually impaired a little bit better, a little bit easier, and it's economically feasible, where they don't have to have deep pockets to take care of and buying some of these you know, expensive aids, although they're there. But at least this will Im- improve the quality of their life A little bit better so that makes me happy if I can help one visually impaired person I'm satisfied although I hope I help millions of them Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. that's my philosophy on life and I'm gonna keep going until I'm I'm no longer empty but I'm not empty yet there
1: you go and so what's your thoughts on autonomous vehicles I mean you wasn't we didn't have um, jets when you were born and now we have jets and all types of modes of communication, and now we're about to have autonomous vehicles in just mainstream, day-to-day life. I mean, how? what's your thoughts on that?
0: Well, the, the, the world is moving quite rapidly, and I guess that, you know, automation is necessary just to keep up with the times because it's a global world now. It's not, you know, a very self-contained world, and I guess it's important for people to be able to get around quicker and I, I do feel that there's going to be a lot more safety with automobiles on the road when they're driverless because once that's perfected and it's perfected well, I happen to have a car now that if a car gets too close in front of me, the car my car automatically slows down and it breaks. Mm-hmm. So I feel a lot safer with that. Um, and as far as uh, flight, you know, we can fly from, I, I, I speak all over the world and I consult with clients all over the world. So it's necessary for me to be able to get around and help those people that I want to help because I have a strategic advisor now and I, I consult and I speak and I inspire people and show them and tell them how easy it is for them to make something happen, for them to be smart, daring and different. So if we didn't have this rapid transportation, that was available in the world I wouldn't be able to get around and spend all that time and uh, at 82 years old uh, I don't move that fast
1: anymore but I move pretty quick <laughs> So say at least the vehicles we're in can get us there faster than what our feet are exactly. in at this point and,
0: safe. and safer
1: yes sir yes sir absolutely Um, Well, Ron, it's definitely a pleasure. Um, We're going to end with the Envision Eli app, and I'll talk just to my use of it. Um, Number one, it's super easy to use. Of course, it's accessible. And anything that you would want to label and have read back to you, um, you're pretty much able to do it i'm thinking of other use cases now for example uh different cigars that i purchase and i would really like to know what they are when you purchase 25 different ones and to know which ones to go back to um and so i'm going to use it for that as you guys heard i use it for my spices definitely going to use it for my outfits and being able to put um, different things on the hangers my wife's shoes. Um, and just a host of other uh, things to use, but we're talking about a $20 investment for something that works. So Ron, where can they find out more about the Envision Eli and, um, the app and all that stuff? All right. And so the app is free. Oh, there you go. (laughs) And go
0: on the Google play store the Apple Store, and put in Envision Eli. That's E-N-V-I-S-I-O-N, and the second word is Eli, E-L-I. The reason I chose Eli, he was the the, uh, biblical character in the olden days who was visually impaired and read the Bible in Braille. So I thought that would be a good name for the product. So it's Envision Eli. Just download that. And uh, if you want to play around with it and you don't have labels yet, you can go on the website, which is called envisioneli.com, and there's a sample label there. You can just either print that out, or if you can put that on your computer, you can just scan that label and program it any number of times you want. It's it's just a sample image, Or the best thing is if you could print it out and then just play around with it. And then if you need um, labels, you can just get order those online. And you get a little package of 100 labels. And we just went to smaller labels. We had uh, one-inch labels before, and we just came out with little half-inch labels, so they, they would fit on other stuff a lot easier. And it's a little package of 100. It's Oh, it's real tiny, little, tiny tablet. You can just put it in your pocket or put it in your purse and paste it on anything you want. And the way we use it is you paste a label on an area where you tear it out of the book, the little book, and paste it on any area that you will remember where that is. Let's say if you're gonna paste it on books, always pick the same spot, or if you're gonna paste it on your prescriptions or your food products, paste it on the top of the jar, and then empty paste it on, put your finger on it, and then take your phone, which is the camera in your phone? Lay it on top of your finger, slide your finger out gently, and then just start raising the phone a little bit. And as soon as it focuses on the label, it'll read it and tell you what it is. So that's how easy it is to use. So go on the website; you'll learn all about the product. It's invoice, and it it works great. And then, if you'd like to learn a little bit more about me, you can just go to www the number four ronkline.com and it's the number four r-o-n-k-l-e-i-n.com and you'll learn all about me excellent anything else
1: (laughs) uh so social media how are you doing with that are you a facebook guy twitter guy
0: oh i'm facebook actually my wife my wife for 58 years and we've We're doing so great. I mean, we're going strong. So my wife, 58 years is my social media coach (laughs) because she takes care of all the things for me. I have a little trouble uh, working on the computer because I'm only sighted in one eye. I have glaucoma. That's not the reason why I invented this, but since I invented it, I uh, developed a serious case of glaucoma. Mm -hmm. And and one eye is, I I no longer have disability there. And uh, I have a bad cataracts, which cut off the light on on top of it. Mm -hmm. So she does all social media on Facebook. But um, please visit my page. And I have a few pages. I have Ron Klein, which is my personal page. Then I have another page, which is the Grandfather of Possibilities. And then there's another page, which is Eli, uh, Imagine Eli. Okay. So plenty of places you can find me on social media.
1: Sounds like a plan. All right. Okay. Well, there you have it. I mean, we can't bring you anything better than the grandfather of possibilities. And um, I'm super excited to have the opportunity to have interviewed Ron Klein and for the world to um, not only be able to use every time you swipe one of his inventions but to actually hear the voice of the person who invented it and um this is vishon jones signing off of Fedora outlier llc and um ron and the rest of the world we'll see you guys on the other side